Way too many first responders are struggling with their fitness, health, and body goals, but you're not alone in that fight. I'm Ted with Fit Responder and with 11 years experience in law enforcement, as well as being a fitness coach for over 15 years myself. I've created some free resources as well as one-to-one professional fitness coaching for first responders. So I want you to check us out, fitresponder.com, or look us up on Instagram at fit.responder. That's fit, period, responder. And let's see you there. Chat soon. Thanks, and enjoy the podcast. The Poorly Made Police podcast is for entertainment purposes only. This podcast has explicit content and is meant for mature audience. The views expressed on this poorly made podcast reflect the opinions of the guest and host. They do not reflect the opinion of any department or entity. Nothing on this poorly made podcast should be construed as legal or marital advice. If something offends you, I kindly invite you to lighten the fuck up. If you want to support this very poorly made podcast, click the link at the end of the description and become a monthly sponsor of the podcast. Or buy yourself some nice poorly made police memes merch. Not only does it look good on you, it's also a favorite of wives, exes, children, nurses, nuns, IA investigators, defense attorneys, and the chief. And of course, take care of the fine sponsors of this podcast. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the orgasmic sound of a Crown Vic. And now joining the podcast, all the way from the state filled with mountains and mountains and mountains of corn, I have butter beans. How are you, buddy? Dude, I'm doing good. How are you? I am doing excellent. Are you having anything to drink tonight? I'm having a good old spotted cow. See, I lied. I knew that because you sent me a picture before we started. <laughs> and I, I started thinking... We're from Iowa, or you're from Iowa. I'm. I live here now. I'm. I think mm-hmm. I'm still. I haven't been uh, initiated. You know, I haven't committed a a corn related robbery, so I can be an official citizen of Iowa. But do we? Are we supposed to hate Wisconsin though? Uh, I don't know. We we like their beer, so I guess we can call it good with them. See, I'm also drinking Spotted Cow. And this might be a little controversial. The first time I tried Spotted Cow was after the Ghost concert. And my buddy acquired it for me. And now I'm drinking Mm -hmm. that. The same Spotted Cow acquired. I don't know if it's that good now. I think I've changed my mind. It was like the magic about it. But now it's like, eh, it's okay. Yeah, it's nothing amazing. But I think just uh, you got to cross the border to get it. It's kind of like, eh. You kind of don't have it as often so it's kind of like just you cherish it when you do get it i'm i'm fearing that might happen with the yingling because ah. it's going to be close to us soon not in iowa but in a, a neighboring state very soon and i'm worried that when i can get my hands on it all the time it just won't be the same i don't know though yeah you guess you just have to wait and see have you ever tried a yingling do you know yeah, i don't know if i've actually had yingling but, so but I do want to try it. I, I really feel like Yingling should just pay me some fucking money. With the no amount, 
of times I talk about Yinglings, also Brahms. Brahms also owes me some amount of money because I get messages all the time. People are like, I went out of the way. I got a message from a kid the other day. He went two hours out of the way to get Brahms. <laughs> they owe me money. I need commission on these trips. Yeah, I just work for the marketing team. I suppose so. Enough about me. Let's talk <laughs> about you, Butterbean. Or is it butter uh, beans, like the plural, or is it singular butter bean? Uh, it was uh, butter beans. Okay. How long have you been a cop for? It'll be five years in December, or I guess in a couple of days. I think the 18th. Yeah, the 18th. It'll be five years on the 18th. Look at you. Why policing? How come you got into law enforcement? I got into law enforcement. Um so back in high school, instead of having to take like the standardized testing senior year, we had to like do a job shadow day. Had a buddy, uh, his mom was a crime analyst at the police station where I grew up. And I was like, hey, can I do a ride along? Then she got me set up with a ride along and I got a ride with this awesome officer. Um, I'll say his name. I won't say the department, but uh, Sean Miller. And he was this super awesome guy. And uh, I... We sat in the car and I just instantly knew this is what I want to do. Just being able to drive around and that's your office was like really eye-opening to me. And just that, yeah, nothing was the same day to day. Then unfortunately, it's been, I think, five or six years ago, he was actually killed in a motorcycle accident coming back from court. So, yeah, that was super shitty. But, yeah, I I credit... uh, lot of why i got into policing because of sean and how he just showed me the ropes and yeah it was just a great uh mentor to a random high school kid just looking to see if he wanted to do this job or not well shit man shall we have a toast to sean oh yeah we should this one's for you oh yeah i i know you're a little bit younger than me but i remember being around the guys and gals on my dad's police departments back in the day in like the nineties mm-hmm. and remember thinking how cool it was, you know, everybody seemed to be, you know, slapping each other's ass and you know, the days of sexual harassment, the good old days <laughs> and everybody had nicknames and God, everybody seemed to really love to be there. And I don't know if that was just cause I was a kid in the rose colored glasses and, you know, they were putting on a show, but I don't know quite where I'm going with this, but I think having the the mentors is huge. Oh yeah, definitely. Job. Yeah, I got a so I did that right along that day. Then I came back for the next week and I got a ride with him for a short bit. But then yeah, I did about I think three or four more ride alongs that's my senior year of high school and yep, went off to college and did the old criminal justice thing. Uh it was a new major at my college, so it was one of the first classes to graduate with it. Uh, I wish I would have probably did a little more like minors and other stuff, so I'm just not heavily relied on criminal justice, but, you know, shit happens. You just roll Did you it. just say that you wish you did some minors? <laughs> Got me Sorry. There. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask, because I always go on my rants about me, the uneducated man in the basement, I go on rants about people having a criminal justice degree. I mean, you have one. What do you think about having it and being a cop? Do you think it was helpful? Yes, no, maybe. 
I think it was helpful in the fact that just kind of didn't learn the history of policing. A ton of like dedicated full-time staff. So we had a bunch of adjuncts. So we had a, a gal who was a the head honcho out of like a halfway house who was a really awesome teacher. Then we had a probation parole guy. I'm trying to think who else we had, but we got to have some at least some good teaching from people in the field. So that was, I felt like was a good influence. And then obviously it's a very sociology based major. So kind of learn the ins and outs of why things occur in society was I thought interesting, but is it really applicable to a ton of other stuff? Yeah, not really. Let me ask you, cause I'm curious because you mentioned like learning about societies and why they commit crimes and stuff like that. Is that something I feel like cops are often accused of not understanding and we're like, no, we, we get it. I mean, was there anything different in that class than you've ever learned on the road or from other cops? I would, I don't know about different, but like actually working the road, you like kind of see what you learned in class, but you, it's obviously different in the real world. So like you're, you can read about all these stats of why this is bad or all the, I don't know, but like actually experiencing on the road and you're kind of like, eh, okay, I learned this in class, but actually in society, it's a little different. There's, there's more to it than just what textbooks will tell you. So I guess I kind of take what I've learned and like, then I use my experience in my last five years and kind of just roll with it. Now, did you get hired as a cop right out of college or did you do anything in between? Yeah. So I graduated May of 17. Then I got hired with my department December of 17. So I did like a little summer gig sitting in a tractor mowing and stuff. But no, I was pretty fresh out of college when I got hired. That is the most Iowa thing I've ever heard. (laughs) My summer job was mowing, sitting in a tractor. Do you think it? All right. So I know you've listened to the podcast. So I'd be curious what your take is on my take where I've cracked some jokes a lot about people coming right out of college and then getting on the road. What's been your experience? Do you sometimes wish you would have waited or you think you did okay? Or what do you think? I think I did all right. I've always been told I've been fairly mature for my age. And I came into it knowing that I didn't know everything. And that uh, I was just going to try absorb as much information as I can. Now, did I have some stupid mistakes I made because I was young buck straight out of college? Oh, yeah. But I, don't know, I felt like I didn't come out and have that like huge ego of I'm Mr. Hotshot. I have a four year degree and look at me. I was kind of like, I don't know shit. So teach me. I want to learn. Yeah, I think that kind of helped me out just not having that ego and just being willing to learn from others and stuff. I'm asking this not to be a dick, but just out of my own curiosity, because I started at a different point in my life. And as you just flexed, I don't have a four-year degree. It's okay. Not bitter. Actually, I don't care. But (laughs) going on calls, like the, the prime example that everyone always gives is these young kids, they go to these calls with, you know, adults that are married, have kids, have marital problems. 
like as a young guy, I presume in your early twenties, going to these DVs with, you know, people in their, you know, early forties, did you ever find that overwhelming or, or weird talking to them or did you not even think about it? Um, I'm trying to think. I, I guess probably my approach and how I would ask questions about situations might have not had the best like uh, knowledge behind them. More just like, okay, what's happening? Why'd you do this? Whereas now, kind of having that experience, I can maybe better judge my questions and kind of like, I don't know. I don't, I guess I don't remember exactly how I felt back then. Five oh, come years. on, it wasn't that long ago. I know, but old 2020 and COVID riots that, that made it. Yeah, I kind of think of my career pre. Pre-2020, post-2020. Hey, hold on just one second. I think I had a kid wander down here. Did did that come over through my microphone? I didn't hear it. Okay. Give me just one second. What the hell? That was weird. <laughs> of all the times I've done the podcast, that's actually never happened. <laughs> no, Lost my whole fucking focus. Um, You had it kind of interesting because I always looked at my career kind of almost in the same way until... 2020 happened because I started um, pre Ferguson and I hadn't been on very long and then Ferguson happened. So oh, I okay. almost looked at it like pre Ferguson and then everything else. And then there was, you know, after George Floyd, which was something completely different than it was prior. What? Yeah. So let me ask. Okay. And just to preface this, we've, we've talked to an Iowa cop, actually two Iowa cops at once. Cause I like two guys at once before on the podcast and but they worked in a little more rural agency obviously we're not going to give away where you work but you work a little more urban than they did i'm beyond curious because i don't know i i don't want to make any judgments but i would like iowa very docile people it, it appears i mean what was it like to be a cop in iowa with the george floyd stuff so like majority of the riots did not occur in the city I work, but we did have a couple. Um, but more, you just dealt with it on calls for service, stopping cars. And it was just like, okay, is this person going to just straight out stick a camera on face, be like, you're harassing me. You're doing this just because I'm X, Y, and Z or just the elevating situations more than what they need to be just because at that time it was like every cop's bad they're gonna kill me so it just like it really was hard to go into a call and not just be kind of on high alert to be like, okay am i getting gonna get screamed at for the next hour or are they gonna be willing to have a conversation and we figure out whatever's going on and i would say that definitely like killed my being proactive and it's just been really hard to kind of get back into the swing of like 2018, 2019 when I was yeah fresh out of FTO, just hitting it hard on night shift. And then, yeah, 2020 happens. Basically, COVID is like, nope, don't do anything. And then, yeah, the riots and the, the tension and then to come out of it and just want to be like, yep, I'm going to do everything like I was before is really hard. But I've slowly been getting back. And we, and the city I work for is a 
pretty nice city, like from the police and uh, community relations side. We've always had really strong support. Um, and that also is, we had an officer that was killed six years ago. And that, um, and yeah, just to see kind of the support from the community ever since that has always been a good like backbone to look back on and be like, you know what, there's the really loud minority of people who like are always going to hate police, but we got a good, strong majority of people who are like, Hey, you guys are doing good. Keep doing what you're doing. We back you. So it, it's always been good. And yeah, interactions I've had, I'll walk into the store, or I'll walk somewhere and somebody be like, Hey, thank you for your service. I appreciate it. And I'm, and I'm saying I don't do this job to receive those, but it's just during 2020 and 2021, to have people still say that to you was really like, okay, there's, there's more good people than the noise we're hearing right now. I, I guess I'm just, and maybe it's out of ignorance. I'm just surprised that in me knowing, you know, where you work, I'm surprised there was any backlash at all. I suppose Iowa is, I mean, geographically is closer to Minneapolis than a lot of places. But uh, let me just ask, let me make sure. You're not Derek Chauvin, right? That's not nope. you? Nope. We're not nope. having this conversation from jail? Okay. So you weren't nope. there that day? Nope, I wasn't. Okay, weird. Super weird. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I, I know, you know, because COVID was weird because we didn't do anything. And that was really because, sorry, broke my microphone. Hold on, falling apart. Oh, we made. Oh, God. Thank God for editing. You know, all right. I'm going to keep this in because everybody needs to know why I always break my microphone. I broke it in Lincoln, Nebraska, and I really just need to super glue it back together. And I, I flail sometimes when I talk and I knock it off. But anyway, it's all good. You got to talk with your hands. I do. I, it's the like 2% of Italian in me. But I'm going to have some Italian in me later tonight. <laughs> Gabagool. Some gabagool. I'm gonna have some gabagool deep inside. But what the fuck? Anyway, yeah, COVID was weird because we didn't do anything, and it was cool at first, right? Because everybody was so thankful to see you, kind of thing. Probably because I hadn't seen anybody for a while, and then it just mm-hmm. got to a point where like people were like, "All right, sweet, two weeks off. This is cool." Remember, two weeks to to stop the spread, and then it became forever to stop the spread, and. Then, you know, in May, George Floyd happened. And I I know I know the point where I decided COVID was bullshit. And I don't really care if I get the label on it. And just we all know, guys, there's we lost a lot of cops to COVID. So I'm not saying it like it's fake or it didn't exist or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But the fact that they were saying it's okay to go protest when we're in the middle of this pandemic that was kind of the the light that shined on everything to me. Like, really? We can't fucking go to church. Our kids aren't in school, but we're going to collectively collect and burn down buildings. And that is okay. This bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, Anyway, that was a side rant, but I, I always joke. And I tell people when I moved to Iowa, COVID was over. How long, I mean, how long were you, was were things shut down here, and how long were people wearing masks? Do trying to think. 
I would say stuff was shut down a good while. I guess I don't remember exact dates, but I know we wore masks while working. I'd say majority of 2020. And then going into 21 is when we started to relax and stuff. But the big thing in the area I live was the oh the governor letting the alcohol be like you could buy a margarita to go so everybody would go buy their to-go margaritas sit in their driveways in a big circle with their neighbors and enjoy their food she asked my wife she's the one that's a medical field how long was stuff shut down she's saying a couple months okay yeah so the the example i give so i i moved here in like july of 2021 okay we were still wearing masks in colorado i went back in december of 2021 and people were still wearing masks in denver and the moment i stepped foot in iowa no one was fucking wearing a mask yeah and definitely people. rural areas it was not a thing because i have family in uh one of the corners of iowa and it was very it was a very right leaning county and i actually had an aunt pass away from covid and at her funeral nobody wore a mask except for like my family and one other person and it was just kind of like okay this person has passed away from this let's at least just like just for the time being wear it but yeah it was definitely interesting now where i don't I work want is- to make light of that but are you bragging you got to have a funeral? Because nobody else did. We didn't have funerals anywhere else. I in Colorado, I had a uh on my wife's side, a grandfather pass away. He never had mm-hmm. a funeral. Never really? had a funeral. And that was two years ago because they wouldn't let anybody do them. Wow. It was insane. Yeah. I'm trying to think around oh, there's no way we're not getting a label on this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but definitely like the area I'm at is heavier populated than where my aunt lived. So it definitely has, it was more restricted than where they were at. With everything that went on, we'll kind of, we'll stop talking about COVID. But so after the George Floyd thing happened, you kind of expressed that people were giving you guys shit on calls and you guys had some demonstrations. I don't want to put you on the spot, but how was, the department i mean was there any like major knee-jerk things or anything like that or was it kind of business as usual um trying to think yeah i think our chief put out kind of right after kind of i don't know it was like a not a checklist but like a list of like this is our policy like this this and this and we have duty to intervene and i think a lot of the surrounding agencies where I work a lot of those police chiefs kind of did the same thing like having a person on the ground knee on the neck no go and like there's a duty to intervene make sure medically and like other officers need to intervene so like it wasn't a ton of reaction or like uh, a ton of change that I can remember specifically uh, that kind of letter that the chief put out to the public was the only thing I could kind of think off the top of my head. 
So when you said that you were deterred from policing, it wasn't necessary. And when I say deterred from policing, I mean, like, you know, being proactive. Wasn't anything the department did. Wasn't anything, you know, the legislature did. It was just the people were being terrible people. Yeah, I I would say it was more the uh, people and maybe a little bit department. And then trying to remember, like, for, like, submitting cases with, like, for arrests and stuff to, like, the county attorney. Basically, we were putting court dates instead of being, like, 30 days out to, like, 100, 120 days and stuff. And then realizing that if you had an arrest that was really nothing crazy, you know, that shit was getting dropped because the county attorney's office wasn't doing, couldn't keep up with having all these cases being backlogged to not show up in court for 90, 100, 120 days. So, but I would say, yeah, majority of it was from people. So take away COVID and, you know, the, the courts not being open. Do you find your experience in Iowa that, I don't know, justice is served, that the DAs are good and juries are putting people away, or is it like everywhere else? I would say we're still pretty good about not pleading everything out, but the county I live in is one of the more or maybe the most heavily populated county. So obviously, county attorney's office can only do so much with so many cases coming in from so many cities but i would say if if you got something that's like high level it's going to get going to get go through the court system they're going to get charged uh i'd say prison sentencing's decent but i don't really keep track of a lot of my arrest to like see the follow-up of sentencing and stuff because it's just it's not worth it you don't have yeah you have too many arrests to do that for. We get it. We get it. You're so busy. You're big hotshot cop. You're making all their arrests. No, gotcha. I'm not saying that. <laughs> I I ain't shit compared to some people out of my department. A good month for me arrest-wise is maybe five-ish to maybe ten. Oh, you got to pump those month. numbers up. Yeah. Day shift problems, though. How are you on day shift? You're a new guy. <laughs> I've lucked out, but I no, can't say I, that I, I made it to day shift my second year. <laughs> so why why are you talking? Because I can. <laughs> no, you sure can. Yeah, I was nights up until September this year, so I've only been day shift for fucking three months. Yeah, I actually I I was thinking about that because I went I went to days because it was the 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 first time I went to days was kind of dumb luck out of the academy it was only like for you know a month or two and then i went to graves and then i went to days for a couple of years because the sergeant nobody wanted to work on that team mm. and i was like well you know it works for daycare so i'll do it and then when i had a little seniority i was like i'm gonna fucking go to swings that sounds like fun i did swings for a while i really like swings a lot and then mm. uh moved back to days when my kid went back to school or when my kid was old enough to go to school then I had more kids, and then uh, Derek Chauvin choked a guy. <laughs> well, he didn't yeah. choke him. That's not fair. At what point are we going to be able to do Derek Chauvin jokes? Probably need to cool off on those for a little bit. So you've been on patrol the whole time? Any special assignments, anything like that? Uh, no special assignments. 
Oh yeah, like I said, it was nights until just a couple months ago. Um, I am eyeing a uh, community relations spot, which I know you love. But uh, our uh, give your balls a tug, you tit fucker. <laughs> so no, our CIO. Uh, <laughs> I'm done. Probably. Go on. Go on. No, no, you're good. No, our person who does our PIO, social media, and teaches, uh, we call it something different, but basically the DARE program is coming open next summer. So um, I, I'm looking forward to try apply for that spot and get it. I applied for the other person who's back there as well, but missed it by a person who had a couple months seniority on me. Interesting. Why? Explain yourself. Explain myself. <laughs> I mean, not to put you on the spot or anything. <laughs> no, I just, I've always, uh, community policing has always been kind of forefront. I've just something I've always wanted to kind of do in my career. I, I mean, as crazy as it sounds, wouldn't mind trying to do SRO at some point. Um, but uh person that's in the spot uh (laughs) yeah i gotta build those relationships with the kids no i just want to like i enjoyed like my dare officer when i was a kid and just being that kind of person to show policing in a better light to the younger generations always kind of appealed to me and i guess i don't know i just something different than patrol and yeah you know what that's honorable i'll give you that (laughs) your answer was okay it's for the kids would somebody please please think of the children (laughs) so you messaged me a while ago um it wasn't that long ago but it was uh you were listening to one of the podcasts i think it was a new york state trooper yeah I was going nuts about like how they do their channels and stuff like that. And you said, Hey, I have, we, I don't put words in your mouth, but you said you kind of have a dispatching thing too. You want to explain that to the millions? Yeah. So our dispatch center has uh, six cities on it and uh, used to be five, but we acquired a, a new one last year, but yeah, there's six cities. And we all use yeah, our primary channel, channel one, channel twos, or info. And then, um, yeah, kind of a, if shit's going crazy and we can take it off of the primary channel, we'll go to channel three, then our talk around on channel four. Are they yeah. uh, encrypted, all of those, or none of those, or some of those? Uh, none of them. Oh, so you don't have, like, a TAC channel you can go to and talk shit? No. Because people can there, well. There's, there is one, but only one of the agencies. Otherwise, no. If we if we need to talk shit, we just uh, text each other in our group chats or send. Well, I guess we don't send shit talking CAD messages because that's recorded. But we also can message through CAD. Oh, hey kids, that's another friendly reminder. They do look at those sometimes. Be careful what you send through CAD. CAD. Be careful what you send through CAD. Ask me how I know. 
everything is recorded. Do you guys run into problems with that many agencies on one channel? Because I, I just imagine it can get pretty busy on that channel. Yeah. So there's so my agency's the second biggest city in our dispatch. So the biggest agency, they can kind of just run the show and kind of just do what they want. And then we kind of just have to sit and wait. <laughs> but some of the times, like if I don't do it a ton anymore, but like I'm trying to make a track stop and primary is busy, I'll just hop to channel two and be like, hey, channel one's busy, can you copy a track stop? And I'll go ahead with it. But for the most part, it's all right. But there's definitely times when it gets busy. It's the person on channel one's just going, going, going. I feel like that would annoy the fuck out of me. I was, I guess, blessed that each one of the districts in the city I worked in had its own channel. And so it's just our district. And so that was nice, you know, and we didn't even have to worry what the other channel was doing. A lot of us would scan just, you know, something happened nearby. We could run over there and help real quick without having to wait for Mm -hmm. dispatch, but it was nice to just be on the one channel. So I guess, I guess in that regard, but I, I would be curious if we were busy, I mean, or busier ballpark, like on, let's say on day shift between all the cities, if you could guess how many cars would be on that channel. So about 30 cars. I would say, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a lot. I, Again, I don't want to make assumptions, but come on, it's Iowa. How busy can you guys get? Is that not fair um, of me? No, it's understandable. Um, I would say, I think if I can remember right, because uh, obviously each call for service will get, it has an incident number attached to it. And I think our dispatch center will take in or put out 400 yeah 380 to like 450 calls in one day from yeah i mean i guess that's i don't know i don't know any better but i would say that's probably pretty busy but like so yes so we work 12 hour shifts so i worked monday tuesday this week seven seven tuesday was slow and not a not a whole lot going and there's at times only like one or two trips on the screen but then we hit three o'clock and then it was, everybody was busy. We we're going call to call to call. I had a, some calls holding and we were on our, our minimum staffings. Yeah. When we get busy stuff usually has to hold, but nothing like probably what you dealt with when you guys got really busy. What do you mean? You people <laughs> overall, do you think the climate is good to be a cop in Iowa? I'd say so. Um, it's definitely not like the coastal states, but we do obviously be in a metropolitan area, have that little bit of influence. Um, and we just, <laughs> which we actually just got a new county attorney that is, uh, a Democrat and how's that happen in Iowa? I'm fucking moving. Mal- 
Um, which ah, we're have... moving again. <laughs> Probably woke up my whole family. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. But um, they've said that they're not going to make drastic changes to how they do things, but we'll see how that goes. But well, and I would venture to say that you know there's a difference between an Iowa Democrat and a California Democrat, you know. Oh, yeah, I would agree with that. I would assume. I'm still going to move, though. Do it. <laughs> what? You don't want me here anymore? No, I just move, on, move up closer so we can I hang out and drink you... beer. I ain't fucking moving closer. There's Democrats that way. <laughs> Calm down, everybody getting all mad. You guys know. I don't <laughs> care who you vote for or who you fuck in the ass. Just be a good person. Yep. Um. Okay, let's talk about Iowa specifics. I don't want to go too deep into it because I think we kind of hit the academy stuff in uh, the first one. But just as a refresher, in Iowa, I can tell you guys actually for a fact, Iowa is a bitch to lateral two. Have you heard that too? I've heard, I've heard both sides of it because we have we've had a guy come from Minnesota guy come from illinois um and the biggest thing they said they had was just uh going to the academy and taking some of the tests and just i think passing it but i've heard it's all right did you feel like you had a different experience i was told that i would have to go to a six-week live-in academy which oh. kind of surprised me that i couldn't just you know, maybe go up there, take a few tests or whatever. But it, apparently Colorado's training doesn't mesh well with what Iowa does, allegedly. Okay. I heard that from one person, though. I haven't I haven't actually phoned the academy and said, hey, this is this is what I got. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was some of my initial investigation led me to believe that I'd have to go for six weeks is not not really something feasible right now with how my family life is structured and plus you yeah. guys like shitty podcasts. So I do, I, I do like shitty podcasts. I listen to I, I think it depends on the States. I think it depends on the States. Like I, I heard in Missouri, it's like super easy to challenge it, but I, I think it probably just depends on how similar the training is to, to Iowa and what they want. I know just thumbing through some of the laws here, they're very, they're the same, but very different than Colorado. If that makes sense. Yeah. I, I can see that. Because yeah, like, I'm pretty sure the two guys that came from different states recently, they uh, obviously they had to go through our OWI class and just kind of, I don't know, a couple days or even just a day. But um, I don't think they – both of them definitely did not have to do six weeks. And I don't know if I've really heard of the academy doing that because they run their – full academies uh two classes at a time year round so i guess i don't know i haven't heard of the six week six week thing with at least ilea but there are um yeah ilea then state patrol has their own and then des moines has their own then c you pronounce it wrong it's des moines Oh, my bad. Des Moines. Des Moines. It's French for corn's <laughs> vagina. 
<laughs> Be here all night, folks. Tip your waitress. Oh, yeah. There we go. That's what yeah. I get. <laughs> Definitely. You had mentioned um, in our chat that you were uh, big into like the mental health type stuff. What, what would you like to tell the millions of people about that? Take care of yourself. Um, no, I just, uh, yeah, I just realize it's, it's good to take care of yourself because before something, yeah. Cause like, like you said before, your, your cup slowly just gets filled up and it, you could have a call that doesn't necessarily be the craziest thing ever, but that could just fill your cup up and then you're just, you're just done. And we actually have had some people leave our department from yeah just having uh, yeah some issues with PTSD um, so and I feel like we're on the right track we got a peer support team um, and then yeah, our chief had us each year we have a check-in with uh, one of the psychologists in our area and it's mandatory and he's like, I don't care if you just sit there in silence, but just do it. He's like, I even do it. Um, and I, I was one of the few that like, I didn't mind doing it. Um, and then I actually started going to that person for a while and actually should get back on going to seeing him. Um, but I've just like personally through my family, I have a, a parent that's got like uh, bipolar depression anxiety so like i've just grown up with mental health stuff just being very prevalent to me so i always feel like i can try to use my experience of growing up with a family member with some mental health stuff on mental health calls for service and just see just try to be that um person who's understanding and that like i'm not just there to talk to them quick, either get them on ambulance or just get them gone. I just, I'll sit down, I'll chat with them. I'll try, try to see if I can help them the best that I can. Obviously if resources suck, resources suck, but. I have two things on that. The first thing is uh, speaking from experience, that can be uh, that can be a little bit tough growing up with a, a parent that's bipolar, manic depressive, all of that stuff. But as yeah. a cop, I, I think it was really helpful for me because when you go on calls and you kind of recognize that stuff, you're like, oh, I've seen this episode before, right? Mm-hmm. And you can you can come, I guess, and, and really be able to empathize with people and talk to them about specifically what it is instead of genu- generalities. I, I get it. A lot of people get into law enforcement to do, you know, the running and gunning and the fun shit. But in between it all, is those mm-hmm. type of calls Definitely. and people don't lie. We don't like going to those calls. They're not fun, but no. you got to do it. And if you're going to mm-hmm. do it, you better fucking do it. Right. Because if you don't potentially you're going to, I don't know. I think sometimes bad service can add more things down the line. I'm not saying you can solve the world's problems. Cause we certainly can't, but people aren't dumb. I mean, some of them are clearly some of them are, but (laughs) people know when you don't want to be there, people know 
when you don't care. Mm-hmm. And maybe you don't put on a fucking show at least. For you sure. know, and I get it. I get it. A lot of dudes, you know, they don't like going to those calls, man. I, I know a lot of people will pull over a car on the way to those calls because they just don't want to go do it. Well, you're fucking over yeah. the next guy. So don't be a buddy fucker. Mm. And here's the other thing, kids, you catch more flies with honey, right? If you can handle those calls well and help people out. And that a lot of times people just want to talk and I get, yeah. sometimes we don't have a ton of talk, time to talk, but do your best and get them adequate resources and figure out some way to hopefully address the situation. Mm-hmm. If you pay attention, you may get something out of that call. Oh, sure. And uh, people miss that shit all the time is, you know, people talk about being proactive and pulling over cars and getting dope and guns and on calls and stuff, or I'm sorry, on traffic stops. What if I told you, you can do that on calls if you open your eyes and your ears? Oh, Oh, sure. So good police work doesn't just happen on traffic stops and bumping people up. It happens on calls. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, like I had a domestic weapon call the other day and allegedly the person pointed a gun to the back of her. Then literally I get I get to the apartment and he's about to jump out the window. And luckily my second officer was in the parking lot and he told me, he's like, I was going to jump, but I saw hey, her show up. So. <laughs> and this is third floor, too. So, Buddy would not have been uh, feeling so oh, well after that. It would have been a splat? Well, there's grass, so maybe a, a cushioned splat. Uh, okay. But, no, he kind of, which is weird. He was, like, willing to show me the, his gun, which turned out to be a smith and wesson handgun but it had it was a co2 rubber ball kind of gun which was fucking weird because it looked like a gun felt like a gun and was very glad that he didn't just turn around and point that at me but i guess what i was trying to get to is he had two of them then when he was opening one of his safes to show me the other one there was a bunch of bags dime bags and packages they were unused but just basically there was fruits of dealing and then the gal is saying that he goes out and is drug dealing with his brother that was picking him up so i just yeah i forwarded all that info to our narcotics guy i was like hey here's all this info i don't know if if it's true or not but so it was kind of one of those where i didn't have to forward that info on but i was like eh this guy might be dealing, so let's just let's give the info to our narcs guy. Are you just trying to impress me because you know how much I like good report writing and follow up? Yeah. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> I do. I do take pride in my reports, even though I have been always shitty with my grammar growing up. But I took old Mark. I don't remember his last name. Street cop. Mark's report writing class and my sergeant on night said that since then my reports were significantly better and he was super impressed with them so well good yeah believe it or not even though I can't say other 
Although I think I just did. And I did all right. I think I got it. Um, and I I can't use proper grammar on memes. I did try. I, I every once in a while there were definitely some boners, so to speak, in my reports, but I I did I did actually try. I know my favorite is the graveyard thing where I come across my old reports from a graveyard shift. They didn't even make sense sometimes. Yeah. I'm like, how did anybody hit approve on this? Well, you got to think the sergeants also got to read through X amount of reports and they're just as tired as you are. So, yeah, it's like, oh, I, we got the your green check marks that there's no air validation errors. It's good to go. You uh, you mentioned DVs, and I wanted to talk about Iowa DVs for just a second. Iowa's one it. of those weird states where a DV is not just considered an uh, intimate partner. It could be family member you live with, too, right? Yeah. So, it's, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. Intimate, shared, shared child, cohabitation. Well, I guess. Don't quote me on all of this. I'm just trying to think off the top of my head. But what do you mean? Don't quote you. You're a cop. You don't know that. I know the gist of it, but if I <laughs> the, in, the intricacies of the weird. <laughs> I'm trying do you guys run into more. that a lot with the like arresting like, you know, like brothers or whatever living together and they get in a fight because that's technically a mandatory arrest, right? I don't know if I've really run into like siblings, but more like adult children and parents domestics because um it, i had one where the kid was 17 and him and his dad got into it but lo and behold once their detectives looked into it kid turns out to be a, more of a piece of shit than he uh portrayed himself to be when i took the report but yeah that one i had categorized as domestic but my uh detective was like yeah they're under 18 it's actually just assault so yeah i i was just doing a little reading on the dv stuff here and i thought it was it was interesting because like colorado i've mentioned on the podcast and it kind of blew people's minds there's a ton of things that would be a mandatory arrest not just assault where one thing i found interesting in iowa if it's a boyfriend and girlfriend and they have a fight but they don't live together it's and they don't have a kid together it's not a dv correct yeah if, if they're like under six months of dating the yeah it's a no-go if they live together and stuff then it's then it makes it easy and stuff but oh we've been together for a month and i i went and stayed somewhere else and oh we got back together and it's like all right no you you may be intimate but you're not cohabitating and really fulfilling that domestic relationship out so we we had the interesting we this was an interesting question that was asked so just for this i just find this interesting so in, in colorado it's an intimate partner would be considered a dv so your high school sweetheart you haven't seen her in 30 years but you fucked her 30 years ago you guys get in a fight 30 years later, you haven't fucked in 30 years, haven't seen each other in 30 years. That's a domestic. Mm -hmm. But what about a hooker? (laughs) Nope. 
I mean, how many, I guess, how much are you seeing this person? But you had sex. I mean, let's say you had se- you paid and had sex with the hooker. Technically, you had an intimate relationship, right? Yeah, I yeah. But I, I was actually just looking up at the code, and basically, they say the court may consider the following non-exclusive list list of factors: duration of relationship, frequency of interaction, whether the relationship has been terminated. The nature of relationship characterized by either party's expectation of sexual or romantic involvement, and a person may be involved in an intimate relationship with more than one person at a time. That's interesting that they give some latitude to the court on that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if but, you go back up, it's yeah, assault is between a family or household member who ride together who reside together at the time of assault. Assault is between separated spouses or persons divorced from each other and not residing together at the time of the assault. The assault is between persons who are parents of the same minor child, regardless of whether they have been married or lived together at any time. And then the assault is between persons who have been family or household members residing together within the past year and are not residing together at the time of the assault. It is it is very interesting, all the different DV laws throughout the country. Here I thought ignorantly that everybody had mandatory rest and and they don't mm-hmm. but we uh, i mean we are a shallow rest though on if it's a categorized as domestic and we have evidence of it yeah it's a shallow rest but that's just on assaults though right yeah i guess what do you mean by just on assaults what it would do you guys have more yeah <laughs> well so in colorado like a harassment would be something typically that would fit say oh yeah like say you call somebody like we have a harassment charge for you know sending a bunch of text messages that's Mm -hmm. a dv you try and find them and hook them mandatory arrest yep no we would just charge our normal harassment on that yeah, so there you go. I, I, I'd be curious how many other states are like that, but something I like to ask people because I, I find it kind of interesting because I think lots of different places have way different ways of booking people in. How would a typical PC arrest work for you guys? So kind of a couple options. We could, uh, we used, actually we had closed our jail at the PD. Um, but actually just reopened it up as a processing center. So basically we could take our person, come back to the station, um, write up our uh, complaint, complaint and affidavit, which is our PC statement for arrest. Uh, fingerprint them, take pictures. Um, and then either we could cite and release them from our processing center or we could then and go and take them up to the county jail and then they'd see a judge or get bonded out or whatever if you don't come back to the station you could um cite and release on scene we did that a lot during covid so a lot of times if you let's say you stop a car uh pc search it because of weed smell and you find a pipe and that's the only thing you find. Well, that's just a simple misdemeanor. So you're just like, ah, oh, shit, here's your um, here's your complaint for your 
paraphernalia, show up to court in 10 days, see you later. Or if it's a, uh, if you got to take them up to county, just yeah, write your jail booking sheet, take them up to county, drop them off, come back. Then usually at the station or in your car, you'll write your complaint and affidavit, submit that, sergeant review it, approve it. Then I get sent off to the county attorney's office. Um, then we have our, we call it a CIR, criminal incident report. Basically write your report. It's where you plug out all the information in, charge, this, that, your narrative. And then we have an arrest custody report to fill out. And you, basically it's the same info, just with booking questions and random stuff. Then you submit that. And that's kind of it. That seems fairly simple and straightforward. Yeah, no, it's nothing too crazy. It's, the big thing is uh, you just got to make sure to fill out your complaint right away. Then your CIR can wait until you have time to write it or um, if you're too busy to get to it, that can wait. So a complaint, is that basically an affidavit? Yeah, it's a complaint and affidavit is what it's called. God, all these states and their different terms is so fucking weird. Yep. <laughs> we should nationalize the police force. Just kidding. Nope. Hard no. Well, buddy, let's um let's do the officer of the podcast real quick here. Let's do and it. then we'll get to some uh Instagram kind of let me down a little bit today, but they got a few ones. This uh just so you guys know, obviously, the officer <laughs> of the podcast is brought to you by Ghost Patch. They generously donated some patches i can give away to the officer of the podcast this is a special patch that only the officer pod officer of the podcast has although i have one so real quick nominate me all right sounds good okay cool i i'm going to take that as a nomination so now yeah, i have one I too but that's the only way you can get a hold of this patch and so if you want to nominate a buddy, email me at poorly made police memes at gmail.com. So the message reads, hi, I would like to nominate my sergeant. His name is Sergeant Blankety Blank. He became a sergeant two, year ago, two years ago and has really stepped up to the plate. Prior to him, the sergeant for the shift was very difficult to work for, and the whole shift had sour taste in her mouth. Sergeant Blankety Blank really tried at getting us opportunities through training and listened to what we wanted to see. He trusts us to do a good job and is always helping us with what we need. It doesn't seem like the coolest story, but this man runs all over the department and deserves the recognition for working hard. So thanks for nominating Sergeant Blankety Blank, and we were going to send him out a patch. All right. You ready for some Instagram questions? I guess, I guess before that, um, we could talk about our... Uh... Remember when I messaged you about our daily logs? Oh, yeah, yeah. Let's fucking talk about that real quick. <laughs> yeah, so uh, we had, uh, for a while, our kind of normal in a 12-hour shift was Chief wanted us just stop three cars. It wasn't a written thing that you had to do, but basically it was like, hey, you're working 12 hours, we stop Stop three fucking cars. It's not that hard. Well, we had some. Hold on a second. Do you have to write them a ticket? No. 
Okay, go on. I'll wait. I'll wait to give my full opinion. Go on. <laughs> so, well, then they basically some day shifters were complaining like how that's too much that's a quota this and that and it got brought up the union this and that and yeah basically all boiled down to was captain was like we need to find out a way to record everything so we can have a normal and if you fall below that normal and don't uh, meet the standards we know we can then we can fire people i was like oh okay captain so basically what they came up with to begin with was uh, a daily activity log in Excel where you literally documented every single second of your day, essentially being proactive. So you got you could count roll call, you could count chow, and then like fueling up at the end of the day. But so the things that counted for the log was call for service, traffic stops, area checks, building checks um collateral duty uh things um, wait what's collateral duty so if you're like a fto firearms instructor oh, okay. um, like if you have things you gotta prep or you uh or you're checking inventory on the oc spray and or if you're doing something that's a collateral duty that's you're performing the task while working you can count that then like uh, see a uh, community policing. Um, so literally, yeah, we would have to fill out an Excel sheet and it would tally up all the minutes in a day, our 12 hour shift. And then each month you would get a bar graph of either night shift or date shift with um, the names cut off of it, but your name would be in the subject head of the email from captain. And you'd see where you'd land up on percentage of being quote-unquote proactive in a shift for a month then after a while we were kind of like why are we doing this in excel when we have a cad system that literally documents everything we do gps times so i was tasked with another officer when i was still on nights to try this daily log through cad um basically we have some drop down boxes so um, we have radar logs that we have to do so go sit on a traffic complaint area and most most of the time it's a residential so you go sit out there for 15 minutes to half hour so you click the traffic enforcement available button while you're doing that just so it's recorded that you did that then if there's like uh, report writing available there's report writing unavailable chow busy, available, busy, unavailable. So basically, if we're not on call for service or a traffic stop, we got to click one of those buttons to count for our time in a day. And they like, they did the 80-20 rule, I think is what they said. So, but day shift, the averages I think have been like about 70-ish percent of the day is spent, quote unquote, being proactive. And night shift was like 60s. I got some thoughts on that. My first <laughs> thought is how fucking bored is your admin? That's like making problems. Or 
is there a whole bunch of problems in your city that aren't being addressed? It's the, we can't figure out how to discipline the four people that are causing these issues of being absolutely lazy and not doing your job. So we're going to punish the whole department. Cause they're Interesting. like, cause the, the issue was there's a certain few that if you looked at their stats, either not saying you have to write a ticket, but like they could go a whole year and write one or two tickets or go a whole year and have less than five arrests. And not saying it has to be stat driven, but our chief is stat driven. It helps them provide stuff for the city council to prove that we need more people or not. But basically it was just like, just, just stop some cars, respond to your calls for service. You'll be fine. But yeah, there's just some that just, yeah, I just didn't want to stop cars. Didn't want to do anything. We had an issue at my department where they were like, Hey, we want you writing two tickets a week. And there was a lot of pushback because we were like, that's a quota. Yeah, for sure. I don't think, and they're like, no, that's, that's, what did they use? They said it was like a benchmark or a guideline. No, that's a quota. You can't do that. That's illegal. Here's the thing. I think that there's like a lack of understanding on the, on both sides. You got to work. Right. And I, I'm, I'm saying this like a pre 2020 sense. Yeah. Or somewhere where like the madness hasn't taken over. You're paid to do a job. You should go do it. Now, I have some opinions as far as I really don't think cops should be writing people ticky tack tickets. I do mm-hmm. think there is a point in, in traffic enforcement because if you go to the places where they don't enforce the traffic laws, it's like fucking Mad Max. Okay. Oh, definitely. It does make a difference. People that fucking excessively speed, people that drive dangerously should be getting tickets. Mm-hmm. But I think sometimes when you put these arbitrary, you know, stop three cars or whatever, I don't know about you and I can't speak for everyone. I felt like I was at my best when I was just out there. And yeah. sometimes I didn't stop a car. Sometimes I did. But anytime I put pressure on myself, like I got to go find a car to stop. I couldn't find anything or I was trying oh, to find the yeah. perfect thing or it, it kind of takes you out of the moment, you know, cause you're, I think focusing on the wrong things you should be looking at. You shouldn't be mm-hmm. just looking for a traffic stop. That's, you know, I, I mean, does your city have a uh, excessive amount of roadway deaths? No, like we've in my five years, I've been on two fatals and there's been, a, I think maybe one or two more that happened when I wasn't working, but no, we don't have like, even though we have a of interstate through our city, we don't have crazy amounts of like fatals. We, we do have a fair share of like injury accidents, but nothing crazy. Yeah. It, again, and I, I'll, I defend traffic cops occasionally because more people are killed in wrecks than a lot of other things. So it is important. Mm-hmm. But so on one hand, I see, you know, the side of admin where they're like, 
we're paying you to work 12 hours. You got to work. Mm-hmm. I get that. 12, but 12 hours get long. Say what now? 12 hours gets long, especially on your weekend. You get oh, to that yeah, Sunday and you're just like, get me out of here. Um, and usually it's the busiest when you're like tired, ready to get home. And then that four or five o'clock rush hits. And you're just like, again, for the third day in a row. Yeah. And then you get held over two, three hours. So uh, I think objectively at one hand, I get it. Admin, I think as much as I trash them, I mean, our, you're on the fucking road. Go work, go answer calls. If you're not answering calls, don't be sitting in a parking lot. Again, I refrain those comments. If you work somewhere shitty, fuck those people, sit in the parking lot, watch Netflix, hang out. But mm-hmm. if you work in a decent area and you don't have to worry about those things, the taxpayers are, are paying your salary. Go fucking drive around, mm-hmm. be visible. There's something, go take care of it. But I, I feel like when you start saying you have to stop three cars, why? If yeah, there's not three cars to stop, like if you're just going to be like, all right, well, I have to stop three cars. So, oh, you know, whatever stupid uh, equipment violation I'm going to stop these poor people for. No, yeah. fuck that, you know? Mm-hmm, definitely. Because like when I was on nights and fairly proactive, like even – it wasn't like crazy, like, oh my gosh, you have to do this. But it was still like, that was kind of the standard. And it was like, oh shit, I can't find a freaking car to stop. So yeah, while I'm trying to look for cars to stop, I'm missing the, the hoodlums going up and down streets, checking car doors, or I'm missing the, in our commercial area, people cutting Cadillac converters off. So it's like, but then, yeah, then we get all these issues like, hey, there's, 10 carbergs last night why weren't you guys in the neighborhoods we'll be like well there's no cars to stop when we're driving up and down 25 mile an hour streets with houses on it and then yeah when we got we're getting slammed with Cadillac converter that's like they had us doing like posted there's ot posted to sit in like unmarks and try sniff uh people cutting Cadillac converters off and stuff and it was just there's always this reactive stuff and you're just like you just let us do our job with not that much like do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. Well, things may work out better than when you're putting all these directives on us. Yeah. I think people get into the management position and they think they just have to overly manage people and people aren't going to know what to do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. People aren't going to be inspired to do stuff if you treat them that way. Like we had guys on my department that were really good at fucking getting felonies and dope and stuff. But you heard about tickets, tickets. They'd be like, you know, guys, I know guys that would walk in with, you know, several, several, maybe even 10 good felony arrests in a month, maybe more. And they would get called in the office because they're like, hey, you didn't write any traffic tickets this month. Are you fucking blind? Yeah. It, I, I just, I don't know. So, hey, I, I look, think admin look gets. At me, I just took all these drugs off the street. Oh, but you didn't write a freaking soccer mom going five over. Like, there's, but that, that wasn't, that hasn't happened a ton. Or like at my department, if you're pulling good arrest numbers and maybe slack on 
quote unquote slacking on the ticket side, you don't really get talked to. It's the people that aren't getting a bunch of the rest, but also not stopping cars is where the issues have been arising. And then kind of on the management side of things, I told you like we're we're old Kalia, you know, the best thing ever. Um, so our captain was going over our like, Yeah. Wait, I'm sorry. Could you repeat your your Kalia? We are. No, God. No, God, please no. 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 Anyway, you were saying yep. Kalia? Yeah, it's a I mean, it's to protect the officers, which is I don't believe it's to protect us. It's to protect the city to point and be like, Hey, well, they violated that policy on that thing. So, uh, screw them. But luckily we haven't had that kind of situation really happen, but kind of go back to what my captain said. He, uh, going over, uh, annual CLIA review of the patrol inspection, the, morale was brought up brought up and that morale isn't that great and his uh response was well morale has been an issue since policing started i was like are you fucking serious he's not wrong though i mean he's wrong (laughs) but he's not wrong you know what i mean because cops do a couple things great and one thing we do great is to fucking complain. I mean, I've I've built a oh, career yeah. on complaining. <laughs> but but he's wrong in the sense that that's his fucking problem. Yeah. You're not going to make everybody happy, but that is an answer that is just ridiculous. Yeah, and it's like no, we have issue that you can violate policy and nothing happens, but if we miss line three on page 14 of our pursuit policy we're getting ridiculed in our post pursuit reviews it was like but yeah that's that's admin for you do as i say not as i do yeah uh you might be a little young for this reference but do we need somebody to come take out your uh your cap (laughs) i think tanya harding knows a couple guys Gotcha. Yeah, I, I think I'm too young for that reference. Do you know who Tanya Harding is? Not ringing a bell. Oh, I'm old. I hope everybody is screaming. Basically, Tanya Harding, she was a uh, figure skater, and there was a girl that was better than her, Nancy Kerrigan, oh. and she hired some goons to take out her knee. There's a little... Okay. Yep. I remember yeah. that now. Yep. Well, you don't remember it because you probably weren't alive. But no. that's the reference. God, yeah. I'm old. My life's almost over. Fuck. Anyway. <laughs> God, but, I hate Kalia. Yeah, it's but they they have told us that they're gonna take a softer approach to pursuit reviews. So So you we'll guys get that. to chase cars at at least, right? Yeah, yeah. We actually my sergeant and one of our senior officers got into a chase with a stolen car that hit one of our LPR cameras a couple weeks ago. It's actually been a while since I've been in one, but no, we've had our fair share of, well, I guess 
on nights we had one that was brought in by another agency was spike debtor city line and then i try to throw spikes but he went around them and go chase him around in a little circle he's got three out of the four tires blown up and then starts going the wrong way on a road the other agency lead pits him and then i'm following on the right side of the road and he shoots out of the ditch and comes with him like literally yeah <laughs> and about hits me head on and then when my takedown lights lit up his car that's when we saw that he had two kids in the back oh shit yeah like and he had been going like 120 on 80 and got off 80 into the city and um yeah and then then I became lead in the pursuit. Then we basically went into our front lot of our PD tree and hops out and gives up. But all over a non-extraditable warrant out of uh, Nevada. Neat. The kids okay? They, yeah, they were fine. We got them out. And a couple of my coworkers were holding them. And <laughs> they're uh, obviously upset. I was like, hey, you guys want some stickers? And they're like, Yeah. Hey, our dad almost killed us, but you got stickers. Yes. Yeah. So that that one was a wild one. And it had been a crazy weekend. We had all caught up on paperwork and then literally this all happened. So, but yeah, we can pursue. On day shift, it's most likely we can get terminated a little sooner because of traffic, but nights, we'll let them go for a little bit. So you mentioned that 80 is near where you guys are at i would just imagine that if you wanted to be into the interdiction stuff 80s gotta be pretty good hunting yeah um definitely we have some guys that have been trying to hit the interstates more obviously with some uh, after some street cop training and it's out there but just with us having like calls for service it's hard to like really dedicate the time like kenny does um on the interstate but uh no there's you can, there's some good stuff you can get one of our neighboring agencies had a cold stop and he's the canine for that agency and brought the guy back um to his car and all of a sudden his uh canine is at the the partition this slow deep breathing and then Ends up finding, I think, four pounds of meth in the uh, compartment center council. That's a pretty good pinch. Yeah. Does I heard somewhere that Iowa has like a weird state law case that makes the automobile exception kind of tough. Am I mistaken about that? Uh, no, ours, no, we, we got it pretty good for uh, the automobile exception. Obviously, like you. You get PC, you can search on the spot. Um, so. Interesting. Um, I know some states are kind of fucked with that stuff. Like some states, they don't even have MIMS. God rest their souls. I about had to MIMS somebody a month ago because he was pulling the, your laws don't apply to me. You're out of your jurisdiction. And, uh, yeah, I about had to eat him out of the car, but he got out. So, 
you know, the younger generations have fucked up a lot of shit, but they got it right with Yeet. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. I was just going to get your opinion on another thing we have to do during the day on day shift with our uh, schools that we have in our jurisdiction. Do I need to get my uh, my gavel out? Because you've got a lot of uh, complaints about the no, department. I, oh, I don't. I don't. I I actually enjoy doing this because it kind of pertains to me wanting to do that PIO what community you, service spot. What do you got? What's your question? So basically, not, Lloyd. Um, so we have to do school checks uh, each day when we're working. So, um. And most of our areas, it's usually two, maybe three elementaries. Then we have a middle school. But basically, we go stop into the office, check on the front office ladies, ask how their day was going. Then we'll go and walk the halls of the school just to let the kids kind of see us and uh, like, hey, it's the police. We're not here to necessarily do anything bad, but we're just walking around. Um, so kind of as a community policing standpoint, but the kind of the twisted side of why we're doing these school walkthroughs is if we ever would have an active shooter, we're not walking into a school blind that we've never been into before. I don't have a problem with that. I think that's good. Yeah. Yeah. And some of the, and some people in the department kind of drag their feet with that, but I don't know. I, I enjoy it because it gets me out of the car, gets me walking around, seeing kiddos who are usually like happy to see you and so it, yeah i don't know yeah i i would assume it would get old after a little while by the way for the farmers that's really the beer we should be drinking <laughs> i'm i'm running out again i'm almost out now are you ready for the instagram question oh yeah let's go i'll shut up yeah shut the fuck up noted <laughs> that's this is your podcast <laughs> not mine I'm here for anything you want to say, because when else are you going to be able to broadcast your voice to millions of people? You tell me to shut up. Okay. Have you, this is from our good friend, Urban Dictionary, man. Oh God. Have you ever tried the chocolate Iowa Express? I'm going to say no. The chocolate Iowa Express, a sexual act to perform this. Iowa Chocolate Express. One must eat a heavy amount of corn. Canned or fresh is fine the night before. One must then, on a partner who is preferably lying prone, squat over their head and proceed to defecate while walking down the partner's back. The pieces of shit look like a train holding a shipment of corn. Optional, while shitting, making train noises such as choo-choo, Good lord. That, the uh you step urban dictionary man, that one was okay. Sometimes here here's where I go off the rails with the urban dictionary stuff is sometimes people put and this isn't a shit on my urban dictionary guy, but I know he works hard to find stuff relevant for the states or areas mm-hmm. that I'm talking to, but sometimes people just put shit in urban dictionary and just put the most amount of curse words. Or yeah, sexual definitely. acts into a definition mm-hmm. and they're not really thought out. I do like the uh the there's always the the definition in the urban dictionary. And this one is you 
I ate way too much damn corn last night. Friend, you know what that means, right? Hire some hookers and, in unison, Iowa Chocolate Express time! Oh, my God. Thanks for your service, Urban Dictionary, man. Moving on. What were you going to say? I was like, we got to thank Ben for his service. We do. I tried to make a stop, and it's not. So, Ben, thanks for your service. I have a podcast coming up with him soon. Ooh. Well, I this should be a friendly reminder unless we were canceled by now. This podcast, by the way, is coming out in January, as you know, because it's January. Where oh, I yeah. fucked up. But uh, me and Ben are doing live streams on Thursday on his channel, Thoughts of a Patrol Officer. So, you know, check out the live stream. We'll talk some shit about something. It's always a good time. The next question is, please tell me you have all... Please tell me you all have Slipknot on your playlist. I do not, but I'm sure there's people who do. Wait, you don't have Slipknot on your playlist? Nah, I'm more of a... What EDM. the fuck? You're more of a what? Uh, EDM. Electronic dance music. What the fuck? You need some good music in your life. I felt the air Oh, that's not what I thought it was going to be. Down the clear <laughs> stone of that's leaves. even funnier. I wonder where you can see inside my shell. Oh, boy. How about this one? <laughs> Corey Taylor is angry at you, EDM. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you being serious about this? Give your balls a tug, you Ted fucker. Yeah, I know. You live in Iowa and you listen to EDM? No, like, no country? No, not if I get sick of what's on the radio, I'll listen to um, country, but it's far and few between. Um, Wait, there's EDM on the radio in Iowa? No, no. I I listen oh. to Ooh. pop on the radio, but like on my phone, if I'm playing stuff in like my truck. Give your balls a tug, you Ted fucker. <laughs> but then I also, I don't know if you heard of him, but I, I listened to Ben Rector. I've been to three of his concerts. A uh, what? Ben. Ben. Rector. Ben Rector. Yeah. What's What's a Ben Rector? Yeah, independent guy. Is he like, a, what kind of music? He's a singer-songwriter guy. Um, Dude, he looks like a fucking millennial. He looks like he, music. he looks like he rides around a bike that doesn't have any gears. <laughs> he looks like he drinks soy lattes. He might, but he had, uh, on his most recent album, had Snoop Dogg on a song. It's fucking embarrassing! Okay, we're going to do something on the podcast we've never done before. We're I'm going to listen to a Ben Rector song, and let's see how angry I get. All right, what song should I listen to? If I was going to get into Ben Rector, what would be oh, like a which, good song? My wife is saying Brand New is a good one. All right, let's, let's see what happens here. We're going to probably have to get through an ad. My label and management felt strongly that I needed a music video for Brand New. So I spent the budget on flying six fans to Six Flags. I already hate him. Roller coasters. Oh. 
is I feel a lot like seven It's not my thing, but it could be a lot worse. That's okay. It's fucking embarrassing! I feel like <laughs> I gotta cleanse the palate. Is that okay? Go for it. All right, I got a little Mastodon. I feel a little better now. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Next question. Why do the Huskers and the Hawkeyes love each other so much? I, I don't know if you said they love each other. I think they, I think they might. Strong rival. You know what's bullshit? Iowa should be the Corn Huskers. There's way more fucking corn here. That is true. Nebraska but, is half fucking desert. Why? Things above you know, my pay grade. Can we talk about a Hawkeye for a second? Yes, we can. Thanks. Okay. Are, are, I assume you're into the Marvel stuff. Am I wrong? I just assume everybody is. Yeah. I wouldn't say super, super close. I haven't watched a lot of the like new, new stuff, but I classic Marvel. Anything. So my, my buddy from my old department is a big Hawkeye guy, like even prior to all the movies and stuff. And he made a good point. Look what happened when Hawkeye retired. The Avengers fell apart. Thanos took over. The mm. only movie they lost in, no Hawkeye. That's valid. Guy with no superpowers. Held it all together. So, Hawkeye. So, my understanding of Iowa, though, is there's like a small percentage of the plate of the state. There's a small percentage of the state that is Cyclone fans, but pretty much everybody else is a Hawkeye fan. Is that right? Um, I would say there's a decent I was ISU following. My brother went there. I would classify myself as an ISU fan. My wife, though, she's Hawkeye. Her dad grew up near Iowa City, so we're, quote-unquote, a house divided. And if you drive around neighborhoods, you'll see people put, like, little stone things in their, like, front patios that will like have house divided on it or a flag that says house divided all right the house divided thing is just as bad as dog mom yeah i i, I agree with that we don't do that <laughs> at my house we, we like different it. football teams this is a house divided shut up shut the fuck up yeah, yeah. um <laughs> sorry i get a little intense with these things you're fine. <laughs> shut, shut your, shut your mouth. Um, <laughs> damn it, I lost my whole train of thought. <laughs> All right, riddle me this though: the NFL team for Iowa, is it Green Bay or is it Kansas City, or does it depend who's doing better? I'd say we probably, well, or guess, the Vikings. I'd say the Vikings are probably in the ballpark too. Yeah, so Vikings is pretty. All three, I'd say we're big. Um. There is a uh, local Packer player. So I think maybe our Packer fandom has grown a little bit with him being on the team. When I was, for me, when I was in high school, I was a Colts fan just for like Peyton Manning, Dallas Clark, Reggie Wayne, all classic. I only did that as a Broncos fan because of Peyton, but go on. Yeah, then. I was Broncos for a little bit with Peyton, and I I like watching sports, but I'm not I'm not like crazy into it. I don't do the fantasy football stuff. 
not my thing. So I don't know. I don't even say I have a preferred team right now. I kind of will just watch whatever's on TV. And listen to shitty music. Yep, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you being a big a good sport because I think some people would uh would get a little a little sour. No, I know. I have some niche spots in my music taste, so Sorry. it's not for everybody. That's cool. You know what's funny, though, is it, the bands that I make fun of the most, I end up going around liking, so it's fine. Probably like your vanilla latte drinking motherfucking... What the hell's his name again? Ben Rector. He needs to fucking change his name. How did his manager let him go out with a name like that? I don't know, but... I like him. My wife came down the aisle to one of his songs. Well, fuck, now I feel bad. No, I don't. I don't give a shit. <laughs> That's fine. Why is the speed limit so... Somebody put it as why the speed limit's so low on 80, but I'm just going to say in Iowa, why the fuck is it so low everywhere in Iowa? It's crazy. Because it's the farmers? I don't know. I'm going to start stop drinking Bush Light, but they're making the fucking speed limit so low. No, I. I mean, I would just... It's probably just because we're freaking center of country, quote unquote, could be behind times, if you say, on certain things. But I don't know. It, I remember 80 and like 29 when they were like 60 miles an hour or 55 when I was a kid going up to see family. But definitely better being 70 now. But like the highways being 55 gets old real fast. Yeah. It, there are some places. Believe it or not, folks, there are hills here. There, there are. are trees here. There's some places I totally get 55, totally appropriate. Specifically where I live, there's a stretch of road I drive pretty frequently. There's no mm-hmm. reason for it to be 55. There's absolutely oh. no fucking reason. It drives me absolutely batshit crazy. But how many times do you see like a county or troop on it? Yeah, I know, but it's one of those things I don't I always go about nine over. That's about where I go. Seven to nine over. So instead of going, you know, 63, 64, so I go 63, 64 when reality I should be doing close to 70, 73, you know? Yeah. (laughs) It's uh, whatever, man. It's fine. This is actually a pretty good question i gotta give credit where credit's due is there a bubba shrimp restaurant but like more corn is there like a corn eccentric restaurant in iowa that i don't know about corn eccentric restaurant that's probably the wrong word but you know what i'm saying i would would, the only i guess the state fair because that's where if you if you want something on a stick. I really like corn. What do you like about corn? It's corn. <laughs> That's a good one. I um, I can't believe that kid's not from Iowa. He's from like South Dakota or something. Yeah, definitely. No, if you want crazy food or crazy clogging artery food, go to the state fair. You could have butter on a stick. Anything on a stick is at the fair. I may have to try it. I, I'll try and get out to the state fair this year, I think. Is that in Des Moines? It's in Corn's Des Moines. Vagina? The, yeah, it's 
South, Corn- southeast Corn- corner of Des Moines. I was surprised driving back from uh, Moline that Iowa City actually seems like a kind of a decent sized city out there. Yeah, it's former capital. And then Des Moines stole it away, huh? The time has come for my dumb questions. Are you ready? Oh, oh, I'm ready. Now, you're still kind of new, but you're approaching five years, so I'm going to say you're probably not a rookie at this point. But Mm -hmm. what is the dumbest thing you did as a rookie? Oh, dumbest thing. I knew you were going to ask me this question, but I can't try to remember. Figure it out. Fucking figure it out. Oh, I know. Well, I, I was lucky enough to never lock my keys in my car as a rookie. I knew this would happen. That's what she said. We'll come back to it. No pressure. Yeah, I'm trying. All don't worry. I'll edit all of that out. <laughs> Good, because sometimes I do this thing where. What is something you know now, but you wish you knew when you were younger? I would say, yeah, just just be. Always just be kind to people. You never know where they're coming from. We can definitely get wrapped up into getting the calls and having preconceived notion on why this person's doing what they're doing or why they're in what situation they're in, but just realize they're a human, we're a human, just treat people with respect and yeah, just listen to their story. What is the proudest moment of your career? I don't know if I say the proudest, but um, I had a stretch back in 21 where we were literally Narcanning every people every week. I had a coworker who had a 17 half year old on a perk pill. Then had a guy in heroin go down, Narcaned him. And then I had a gal that was on, took another perk pill with obviously had fentanyl in it. I Narcaned her. I got a life saving award for that one. So that, I guess that one I felt that was felt good to obviously help somebody out who, um, was not making the best decisions and those Percocet pills are running around like crazy. Cause I feel like a lot of the younger generation feels like, well, it's just a pill. I can take it. I'm fine. And 20 minutes later, they're on the ground, not breathing. I did have a, a pursuit I got into of a freshly stolen car. And basically we get, it was a Range Rover go down it was like a minute long pursuit before they wrecked out and hit a tree but lost the driver but the passenger was pinned in there obviously he got taken to the hospital and was able to get like my dash cam footage and then some people called at an apartment complex nearby that they had seen this kid go up there interview these gals that were like holding him in their apartment and they're like well you need a search warrant to get in here, both like, and basically after we talk, told him like, well, we can hook you for harboring a fugitive, blah, blah, blah. He comes out and I like show him the picture. Like, is this you? And he was wearing like a distinct coat and he had that coat on him. So, and he still even had the balls to tell me, nope, that wasn't me. So I don't know. I just was proud that even though I lost him, was able to get him and get him charged for that nice man 
out here saving lives. I, I meant to ask this earlier, but are you guys seeing a lot of the fentanyl coming through? It's It's been better lately, but definitely we're seeing more varieties of those fentanyl pills coming around. Like kind of what the coastal states are dealing with is starting to slowly infiltrate into Iowa more. But yeah, there was a bit where there was some bad Percocet or they're all bad, but the counterfeit Percocet pills were wreaking havoc on people. Would you want your kid to be a cop? No. No, after all the like positive things you've said, you wouldn't want your kid to be a cop? No, I mean, his heart was set on it. And because, like you've said before, like it's for some, it's a calling. And that's where I would say I was when I started. If you really wanted to do it, I, I stand by it, but just, I don't know. If they could just have a job that was, didn't try to kill them every day, I'd be, I'd be more inclined to ha- support them in that. But obviously, like a if PIO. They that, like what? <laughs> like a PIO. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Definitely. So, yes, but no. Fair enough. So, uh, newer question on the podcast, if you haven't remembered your rookie mistake, because I edited all of that out. Mm-hmm. Is, um, uh, have you, haven't remembered? He was no, perfect, not... folks. He didn't make any mistakes. No. Oh, no. I, I made mistakes, but I don't know if I want to. I don't want to dox you. I'm... So, if it'll dox you, then don't worry about it. Would you, let's see, uh, a newer question, then we'll move on. Uh, is the ghost or alien type questions? Do you have any paranormal or extraterrestrial experiences or stories that you want to share? I don't really feel like I have. So I guess like you can call me boring. I'm not that exciting. I don't believe I've had really any. You haven't creepy... been haunted yet. It's fine, dude. Yeah. I mean, I've had some like calls where I've had to go into like a cemetery, but nothing like. I saw something more just like, ah, this is fucking don't like this. I like writing reports in a cemetery. I can see that. Is that, is that weird? There was a cemetery that I go hide in and type because I felt, eh, you know, I mean, this is total ignorance. I I feel like this would actually be a good discussion some days on report writing because I know a lot of people go back to the station I found that cumbersome. I just wanted to kind of knock it out because I feel like, you know, you lose momentum if you go back to the station, if that makes sense. Yeah. But the only reason it, I go back is I don't, I'm not like twisted over typing and it's easier because we just have, we used to have two screens in the car. Now we just have one. And I like to watch my body cam when I write reports. So I just feel like it's easier to go back to the station, watch body cam, write. That's probably another conversation worth having is the body camera prior to writing a report. That was something I was really worried about when we got body cameras was, you know, God forbid you wrote something the way you perceived it and it was different on body camera. Mm-hmm. And, and people, you know, the anti-cop people would be like, well, you're lying. It's not a lie. It's mm-hmm. that's how you remembered it happening. Your camera's going to see it differently than you do. Oh, sure. And I, it was just so busy where I worked that I never did. 
unless it was a time where I knew it was going to be really critical or, you know, maybe I was like, God, I can't, I can't read my notes. Or <laughs> I was like, God, I feel like there's something else. I might go watch it. Um, but generally like a run of the mill call, no way. Um, yeah. Just, and just usually, based on time. Mm-hmm. Usually like the, like, Oh, like a stolen, like I had a stolen dirt bike report. I didn't watch my body cam for that, but like that, the domestic weapon call I had, um, yeah, I spent a good couple hours writing that one. Yeah, that is so. one one of the downfalls, I think, of body camera. That's, I, I think it's just a price to pay. Is that, you know, people, again, I don't think reviewing the body camera is a bad thing. I don't want to discourage that. But you have to go to the call twice. You know what I mean? You're yeah. going to handle the call. You're going to do what you're going to do. But then you're going to watch your video. And then you got to write your report on top of it. And it just it adds a whole nother layer. I think overall it's a good thing, but it's definitely not, it can be a problem. But as far as typing in the car, I get what you're saying. As far as it being, you know, twisting and all that. I, I, I felt like at least where I worked, there were more distractions at the station. Where yeah, if I just sat in my car true. and it was quiet, I could get it done a whole lot faster. Yeah. And they got us keyboards that can pop off. We can like sit in our lap. But you're still kind of like looking over, which is yeah. really, is it the worst thing in the world? No. But do you want to, it's just, if you can sit normal in a chair and just type it out. But definitely I could attest to, yeah, you, if somebody, like two, three or more people come to the station and they're writing the reports, then somebody's walking by and bullshitting with you, you definitely get distracted way easier. In your opinion, good sir, what is the best patrol car of all time? You're going to be let down. I got, I mean, I got to drive a Crown Vic in Academy, but I've just been an explorer since I've been in my whole career. And I'm. It's fucking t- embarrassing. <laughs> I knew you, I knew that was coming, but I'm 6'4. So I, I like the room of the exploders. Um, and, and we have the 2021 now with half cages. So it's even more room for us. So I, I, I do like the comfort of my exploder, but it is not fast and doesn't quite have the feeling of when you're open throttle like the Crown Vic does. I will say there's something I like about the half cages, and it's kind of funny that it wasn't something thought of sooner. Yeah. Because when I started in the VIX, we had a few, which was stupid. We had a few that just had like fucking seats in the back and not plastic. That was a train wreck. Um, you know, the whole seat would come out and shit. It's like, why don't, why isn't this plastic? This exists. I know it does. But I, the thing I like about the half cage is like, yes, people will fight you and stuff to get in the cars. And if, and I don't know where, you know, if you hobble people where you work, if they're fighting, but we don't, you know what? Let's talk about that. Cause that's interesting. Um, I, but anyway, occasionally we'd have to hobble somebody to get them in the jail. Mm-hmm. That wouldn't work in the half cage, but I feel like the half cage, once you got somebody in there, it kind of took the ability to do weird shit away. Cause there's nowhere else for them to go. Yeah. They're definitely. just there. Mm-hmm. Um, 
occasionally you'd have a big fat dynamo that wouldn't fit in the, the half cage. But mm-hmm. I mean, for the most part, the exploder had some room for people to sit in the half cage. So you guys don't yeah. hobble people. If somebody's no. like kicking and fighting and resisting, how would you take them to jail then? Um, usually, at least for us, like obviously getting them in there. And I mean, there's times where, um, cause it's, um, to County, it's a good 10 to 15 minute drive, depending on where you are in this city. Um, usually, uh, well, we got, we have a, the not plastic helmet, but the cushion helmet. So we'll basically put the helmet on them. Cause usually it's, they're banging their head against the cage. Oh, I've never uh, heard of that. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's like this little, almost like a helmet you would wear for like Taekwondo. It's the only thing I can think of, but it's like a, a cushion helmet. You just put it on their head. And we also have spit masks too. And then, um, we have it less now with the half cages, but if people would get their feet up, they would try to kick through the bars and try to kick the windows out. Essentially, we would just, if it got too bad, we'd just go emergent to the jail. And then uh, the jail has a, um, the welcome squad, if you say. And usually, I've never had any issues when the welcome squad walks out and there's eight or nine of them in the restraint chair usually they all calm down and will comply then yeah so interesting because so what we would do is um we would hobble people which i know there's uh, a lot of it's very probably taboo now but you know the way we were taught was you don't connect the legs to the handcuffs we t- uh, connect it to like a waist chain kind of thing and that was oh, supposed okay. to to make it safer i i think connecting yeah, I it to that. the handcuffs that makes sense to me as far as kind of being more dangerous the problem mm-hmm. though is like if you had a vic or something or you know really any car is how do you buckle them right and then yeah. if they roll down or they're fighting it's an issue you know some departments have paddy wagons so they can just fucking put them in the van that didn't really work out mm-hmm. so great for Baltimore, but yeah, we got this thing called the wrap, which it was basically fancy hobbles. We got that towards the end. We ought to go oh, through I training think I for it. Seeing something for that, and it it's actually like a good idea. It's just kind of involved, and you, you need a lot of people to apply it if the person's fighting really bad. Yeah. And again, that's the thing they don't talk about, like a lot of these um, arrests where there's, you know, positional issues. It's These aren't just like normal arrests. These are like people are fucking really fighting. And it presents a lot of unique challenges for law enforcement. You know, like you guys would just run hot. Dude, what if he fucking kicked out a window and fucking slipped out the, you know, yeeted himself out of the car while you guys were running hot and it killed him? Yeah, there's there's just so many unique challenges when it comes to people that don't know how to act. Yeah. Sometimes we've had officers have to like pull over on the side of the road. And if we're still close enough, we'll go emergent to them, help them get them recuffed or state patrol or counties got to meet them halfway to jail and um, help get them resituated. But 
at least for us, we haven't had a ton of like crazy fighting the whole way to jail late, at least for me lately. But it's definitely happened. It's because the people of Iowa are docile. Not always. Nah, they're always docile. Good sir, you know the moment we've all been waiting for. Mm-hmm. Butter beans. Plural butter beans. <laughs> Have you ever shit your pants as an adult? Not at work, but in my personal life, yes. Do you want to share the story? It's not it's really nothing crazy. It was uh got up, got up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom and uh tell me it was a little 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 bubbly, but I uh trusted the fart when I shouldn't have trusted the fart. It happens yep. to the best of us, man. I've had some close calls at work though, where I've actually had to leave a call for service, run to the fire station, absolutely destroy it, and go back to the call for service. <laughs> You know, I got to be honest, as somebody that has quote unquote tummy problems, like the mm-hmm. idea of a being a deputy where there's not like you work in a city, there yeah. are toilets, you know, mm-hmm. you may not want to use those toilets, but you have options. Definitely. A deputy, you don't have a whole lot of options. Yeah, I am very <laughs> thankful for that part. God, that's so funny. I... I don't know if I told the story on the podcast, but I left a date because I had the shit and I was embarrassed to blow up her house. That's oh, basically what you, you did on this call. It. I think I did tell it. It's one of my best pooping the pants stories. <laughs> uh, but that's basically what you did. How, like, how did you tell him? You're like, hey, so, I gotta take a shit. No, the 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 benefit to it was I was waiting for somebody to show up. To this apartment complex and I, I was like sitting there 15 20 minutes um and of course i'm cramping bubble guts are going and i'm like uh this is not good and i told him like can you call him back to see if they have an eta and i'm like they're like oh we got nothing i was like screw it he's like put the call in pending and just let me know if they should if they call again and i run over to the fire station and unleash the the squirts (laughs) i thought you were gonna say like unleash the kraken but the squirts i couldn't think of anything funny so that's that's all i could come up oh no that was funny (laughs) (laughs) potentially the name of the podcast (laughs) release the squirts (laughs) well butterbean jellybean whatever the fuck your name is we've come to the conclusion of this very poorly made police podcast do you have any words of wisdom for the millions of listeners? Um, I just say uh, take care of yourself. Go out there. Get some criminals off the street. Drink some beer. and Have, have a good time. Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> well, hey, man. Thanks for your time. Thanks for being a good sport. Why I made fun of you. feel a little That's bad fine. about that now. I don't. I'm a little bit. I was bullied. It's all good. Hey, man, once you say you listen to EDM, it's kind of open season, you know? Oh, yeah. I'm used to That's it. Right. But you know what? You're you're proud, and uh, I appreciate that you didn't back down. So, well, you guys know yeah. what to do. It's, uh, it's January, I think. 
I don't know if I'm in court right now as this podcast comes out. But Ooh. yeah, that's why I'm I'm recording so far ahead. We it's like December 7th, but this might come out like January 4th or something crazy. So okay. you guys know what to do. Support the fine sponsors of the podcast, buy some merch, all the great stuff. And remember, oh wait, hold on a second, hold on a second, pump the brakes. Ooh. Pump the brakes. Casey's Pizza is legit, right? Oh, it's so good. So fucking good. That's all. So, remember kids, Casey's <laughs> Pizza is good. Uh, go Hawkeyes? Yes? Or Cyclone? And remember, I love most of you. Bye-bye.